This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Friends. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. I brought a poem. This is a poem by Dogen. This is my maybe my favorite. A white heron hiding itself in the snowy field where even the winter grass cannot be seen. I like this image of white on white. This bird is made invisible, not through any conscious act, but by simply being in that context. So it would be a nice poem just by itself. But the title is Bowing Fully, which makes it a really good poem. I thought I'd talk about this a little bit. I'm a really bad photographer. Uh, It seems that no matter what camera I use, or what the situation. The pictures that I take are always blurry. Always. And on the very rare occasion that I get a picture that I really like, what that means is that I've probably captured my my children in some frozen moment. And it's very clear, it's very crisp. And not only are the outlines very crisp, but probably there's something about their manner or their face that has captured the way that I see them. And then I send these pictures out to the grandparents and I say, this is how he looks, this is how she looks. And I discard these other photos that are blurry. But what comes to mind for me as I'm thinking about this poem is how the blurry pictures are the accurate pictures. This is how the world really is. We imagine as we walk down the street that we have this, this, uh, this clarity about us. Almost as if, if, if our lives were photographs that we're constantly taking a sharpie and, and drawing this black line around ourselves so that it's very clear where I am. And it's very clear where he is, and it's very clear where she is. Right? And we say, that's a good picture. But it isn't how our lives work. It's what we're always trying to do. But we're, the reason we have to work at it is because it's unnatural. So much of our lives have to do with synergy, with encounters. I take, I take pictures of my children playing, and again, I, I, want, I, I turn on the shake-proof feature on the camera, you know? I want them to be frozen in time. And that picture to me, then, is a photograph of my son and my daughter. But in reality, I could just as easily frame that whole situation differently and describe it as taking a photograph of play. 
and play doesn't look like my son and my daughter. It's this blur that's happening between them. We all understand on a molecular level that you can have hydrogen and you can have oxygen and that that makes water. And when we look at water, we don't try to separate them out. We don't imagine that we need, that if we really saw it clearly, we'd be seeing hydrogen and we'd be seeing oxygen. But in our encounters with other people, we imagine that to see ourselves clearly or to see the other person clearly is to see the accuracy of that moment. When in fact, there's something that's happening that if, if we could see this through the correct lens or through an accurate lens, there would be this blurring between us. And the more relaxed we are, the more we're able to relax into that other person, the, the greater the blur. So when we love someone and we relax into loving that person, our edges become very soft, right? We know this, and we also probably all have the experience of loving someone when it isn't mutual. And what happens then often is, is that we could, we could soften our own edges, even if the other person doesn't. But probably what happens is we draw a new outline around ourselves and we, we say, I am the person loving. And we hold to that story. We make it concrete. I used to sit at my teacher's temple every day. And they lived in the countryside. And uh, they would just leave their door open. So I could walk right into the temple, even if everyone else was asleep and it was easy. But every once in a while, they would accidentally lock the door. And I didn't have a key. And so I, I would have made this trip all the way there and, and the, the temple would be locked. And so sometimes if it wasn't bad weather, I would just sit outside. And I remember one morning and the intensity of this. I just went and I sat on the steps of the temple and I was doing zazen and I was wearing my winter coat and my hat and I was just being very still. And one of their dogs came along and he was just being a dog, but he, he didn't perceive me and he was getting very close to me very, very close, and, and now we were maybe a foot away, and this dog is just standing next to me. But because I was, I was engaged in an activity that, that didn't put me out there, he didn't, he didn't spot me. It's, it's, if we reverse the situation, it's like if you went out into the street and there were an elephant there, and you just didn't see him, because the elephant doesn't care. <laughs> The elephant's too big and it's too still. It doesn't need you to see it. And I sat there and sat there and sat there and the dog stood there looking around. And at one point it turned and it looked at me and I could feel this tension. And you could, you could kind of hear the dog's brain turning. 
and he suddenly realized that he was next to a human being and he kind of freaked out <laughs> and jumped and started barking and then of course I lost that right I it's again in this moment the hand comes into the screen and starts drawing with the sharpie and drawing these very sharp lines right and I'm me and I'm trying to protect me and the dog is trying to protect the dog and nothing happened <laughs> For a few moments, everything was fine and everything was blurred. In the same way, this poem, I'll read it to you one more time because it's so good. A white heron hiding itself in the snowy field where even the winter grass cannot be seen. Even the winter grass. So that, that nothing, is, nothing is distinct in this image. There's just... There's just whiteness. And when we bow, when we really bow, there's that same experience. And it helps if we do it, it helps if you bow a lot. Right? And it helps if you bow with other people. But you get blurry. And you keep doing this simple activity over and over, and it stops being me doing this. And it just becomes this. It becomes very soft. And we can see, we can imagine this lens again, where there are no hard edges. There's this blur going down and there's this blur going up. And it isn't that that person is bowing. It's, it's, it's just bowing. It doesn't have to be a picture of me. It doesn't have to be a picture of you. I wrote in the announcement today that I was going to talk about being yourself. All of this is a conversation about being yourself. But when we hear that phrase and, and, and we say, be yourself, we imagine that being ourselves means being some true self, some honest self, something that we've been hiding, something that we've been kind of keeping down. Right? Now it's time for me to finally be myself. But from the perspective of, of this body of teachings, that has nothing to do with being yourself. That just has to do with living out a story about who you would like to be. Or in some cases, who you in your darkest moments think you really are even though you wish you weren't. Being yourself is honestly accepting that in this moment you actually are who you are. It's engaging in this moment without that added secondary struggle of trying to hold on to an idea of who you think you should be or how you think this moment fits, or what it means for you to be doing this. As long as those stories are going, your edges are very, very hard. And it means that that encounter, that, that potential encounter, is lost. The heron who is concerned about who the heron might be does not blend into the snow. 
you can spot that heron a mile away. It doesn't matter if everything is white or not. That heron is lifting its wings and looking at itself and thinking, is this really me? Maybe I should stand like this. The heron is invisible in the snow because the heron is invisible to the heron as well. It's just there. There's this experience when someone is telling a joke and people in the room start getting into the joke. They might not know what, where it's going to go, but, but you can feel this softening in the room. People start giving into the joke and they give into the kind of the patter of the joke. And they know it's, it doesn't really matter if the punchline is good because the delivery is good. It's funny. And what's happening is everybody's getting soft. Everybody's edges are falling away. And that encounter is becoming blurry between all of those people. And you can feel it when it happens. And it's, it's, it's something that we can half make intentional, but also it's something that just, it just happens. It happens by accident. It happens because we allow it to. We can feel this when we're, when we're really listening to someone that we care about. And we can feel this when someone who really cares about us is listening to us. And it isn't two people privately thinking about what they're going to say next and how they're going to say the clever thing or how they're going to say the story that, that makes this all make sense. They're meeting in the middle. And that's possible because in that pure act of listening, they're being themselves. They're allowing that to happen. They're relinquishing this other control so that they can dedicate their energies to this. When you bow, you can dedicate your energy to that. And I think it's a very good insight. When we walk, I, I've, I know I've said this before, I, I like to think of, of geckos. Geckos, the reason that geckos stick to things the way that they do, scientists found, is because in each step they actually bond at a molecular level with the surface they're walking on. This is why, this is so gross, you could pull a gecko from a ceiling and, and its legs might just stick. Because it is the ceiling. It actually is. For a gecko, the act of walking is so pure that there is no boundary between the one walking and what is being walked on. That is worth exploring in the way that we walk and in the way that we speak 
and in the way that we look at another person. That connection is only possible if you are being yourself. It is only possible if in that moment you are able to just simply be who you are with no intention to be someone else. And that's so hard. The hardest thing in our lives, maybe, is to be right here and not be looking over there. But we do it. We do it by accident. And what I love in this poem is that, is that this invisibility is not, it's not about negation. It's a kind of expansiveness. It's, it's a blurring. So we don't have to underthink about the heron and the field. They're making each other. I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.